Welcome everybody, Good Life Housing Partners. It is Monday, July 24th, 2023. We are here at the Good Life HQ in the heart of downtown Los Angeles. And it is, uh, it's a pretty hot Monday. It's, this heat wave continues. It is also National Tequila Day and it is also National Self-Care Day. And oh, it's also my birthday. So, yes. More I'm, importantly, the most well, important one was Well, last. I don't think it's most important <laughs> for the general population, but for me, it's sort of important, I guess. Anyways, not as being a big birthday guy, but being a guy that watches the interest rates and watches my the every move of one Jerome Powell, looks like it might be a rate hike week. David Fong, or does this find you on rate hiking? Yes, it is, uh, seems like it's a rate hike week coming. Uh, he's, he's at least not the market latest uh, 95%. Uh, the, they, there's some kind of futures market on this. <laughs> they, they yes, keep, he's, it's it's predicting a 25 basis points this week. Which I forget if it's Tuesday or Wednesday. I think probably Wednesday is when he announces it, like he always does. So we'll see what what happens. Uh, hot here, but it's definitely not as hot as I just back from a Las Vegas trip, and it was uh, it's just very oppressive, as I call it, the heat out there. Because yes, there it was like yes. 115. It slows and, even a young, yeah, vibrant man like yourself it's, it's, down. So yes, I was just very, very, very tired. Just on the other, through on the, the desert. On the other hand, this weekend uh, didn't didn't phase moviegoers. No, this this was no, uh, nothing to do. Just go sit in AC. This was called Barbenheimer. Yes, weekend, they yes, called it Barbie and Oppenheimer. And uh, you know they had a good movie openings. I think together the two movies brought in about two hundred fifty million domestically, which was the biggest movie weekend of this year, of course, and and for, and in a while, in a number of years, too. And so yeah. um, it's a needed shot in the uh, arm for, for the movie industry. I, I did notice it a few places I drove around this weekend, and I noticed all these lines, and I realized oh, really? like it was it was some Barbie. And, and I guess this whole Barbie thing, and they said that they marketed, they, they really were trying to push it and promote it with, like, themed events and drinks and stuff. And so a lot of people in pink. A lot, oh. a lot of girls and women yes. all dressed into the yes. pink and and the uh, I guess Oppenheimer they had certain cocktails you know nuclear you know yeah, the Cosmo the Cosmo, sure the Cosmo little, explosive the explosive this drink and that in the nineties so, there yeah so 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 uh, so I guess people just needed some place to dress up to go to yeah <laughs> so, wear pink so, so so it was a good 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 uh, good weekend for the movie industry but uh, you know and notwithstanding that the uh, actors and the writers are on strike. Here in uh, Los Angeles, I, I did see some some uh, people out there with the little picket signs as I was driving around LA. Um, speak, switching gears to a city we talk a lot about, San Francisco. Uh, mm, yes, indeed. Uh, once again, the, the trend is continuing in terms of defaults and things. Uh, uh, lenders have taken back a, a WeWork tower. It's oh. a twenty-story office tower. Owned by we affiliate of WeWork, I guess they had an investment division called WeCap, yes. uh, for We Capital. Uh, they foreclosed on the loan for six twenty California Street. Mm. Uh, you know, lenders included Goldman Sachs, who had lent it uh, um, at least one hundred forty million, another hundred million by Citibank. So it was a two hundred forty million dollar uh, loan they foreclosed on. Back in the day, this three hundred fifty nine thousand square foot building was acquired in twenty nineteen by WeCap for uh, three hundred thirty million. So it was worth less to them than two forty million. So they uh, abandoned ship. Um, Heinz, another big developer, um, also just put on the market this site in in Soma, south of Market in San Francisco. It was a Jeez. site of a sixty one story San Francisco project that they were going to. Oh build. yeah, yeah, I remember. And now they put it on sale. Um, 
and they were supposed to build a 15-story uh, hotel, 165 residential units. Um, they also had about 274,000 square feet of office space that Salesforce was supposed to completely occupy, which then, as the market turned and all the things happened in San Francisco downtown, as we talked about in the office market, um, Salesforce reneged and backed out of the lease. And so, Not surprised. Um, so um, definitely a lot of a lot of pressure, financial pressure for them. Um, Heinz has over eighty million dollars in loans that are due in October, and they're not going to be able to pay it, so they're not going to build it. Um, there was also originally a penalty um, that that building was supposed to be completed by the end of this year, which obviously is not going to happen since they haven't broken uh, ground. Love to see the negotiation. <laughs> so on that so they penalty. so they renegotiated that penalty now. They extended it to twenty twenty seven. And they have to pay a $40 million penalty if no building is built by then. So that's $47 million? $40 million penalty Ooh. by 2027. About, and, it's, and it's paid uh, a quarter each year, so about $10 million a year for, now for the next four Ooh. years. Heavy, heavy, heavy. So heavy. Um, they uh, bought it. Heinz, you know, it was supposed to be, you know, don't, not trying to make fun of Heinz. Heinz has been a very successful big company in real estate for yeah, years. Totally. Very name brand. Yeah. And so um, Heinz bought it in um, 2016 with Goldman Sachs, um, uh, you, you know, for, what is it over here? Um, for $160 million. So, um, you know, they borrowed $80 million, which they can't pay. So, so there uh, shows you again. Now, on the flip side... We talk about San Francisco. I found this interesting. Mayor London Breed. Oh, has, wonderful lady. Has actually taken some steps to push her ideas. And, you know, as one of the things she suggested the, for solving downtown no San Francisco. Revenue, well, well, space ideas. Well, well, the one, well, it's interesting. So one thing she suggested was, you know, we need more education. Maybe education of schools can take over a lot of this downtown office space. And so she has sent letters putting the pressure back onto people to the to UC to push them to see if they can open a downtown San Francisco campus. Oh, UC? UC Berkeley. Oh. So, so she went to talk to UC Regents to push oh. them to see if they could do something like that. She also has made a big push okay. for the city <laughs> to actually relocate into, into, into office buildings downtown. So... She oh, said, to move city office. city employees. So, for example, she wrote to the head of San Francisco uh, Unified School District. Uh, you know, you know the, I guess there's a city college of San Francisco, mm -hmm. too. And, and then whoever the city administrator is that manages all the real estate for the city. And the thinking is, since these downtown landlords are struggling, if you can, uh, you know, assuming within your budgets and different things, if you and your space needs... So city departments, let's move the city of San Francisco employees or college, San Francisco, city of San Francisco college, let's move them into those cheaper buildings because we can get some cheap, good rent deals. And then all the buildings that San Francisco owns, the city owns, that now will be vacated when they move these workers. Her thinking is, we own a lot of land. Now that we vacate them, we can use those for public housing. Is <laughs> her, th her thing. You know, we own a lot of land. Let's solve the housing crisis and let's also take advantage of... of, of you know, the, the, the rents in, in downtown office buildings and at the same time will help solve the repopulating downtown. So um, I thought you'd find that interesting. So I thought well, so I took I, this I plan. So, so, so because I it's actually a very good logical idea. And one of, one of the things that people often say about San Francisco, the people that like are fairly, I feel like, pretty well educated on the city and the dynamic of the city is it's a city of less than a million people. It's somewhere about 900,000. Mm -hmm. And it's a city that has roughly about 33,000 city workers, like yeah. at the administrative level. These yeah. aren't like your garbage men. Yeah. These are not your firemen. Well, these are the people she wants These are administrators. Yeah. 
And so if you take, yes, if you take these 33,000 <laughs> administrators who are doing God knows what in the city. God knows what they're doing. Okay. Yeah, they, they're doing the city that basically that's running a staff that, that most Four Seasons would be envious of. <laughs> and you come up with that. And so, okay, let's just house them better to solve our problem. Okay, I guess that's one way around this shit. I mean, that's great. I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess it, you know, it, you know. Yeah, well, she's not my... that to give them housing, those workers. No, no, I she, don't she, get she it. She's saying to move them to, to, to yeah, new office space. New office space, yeah. which is like, I'm sure there's no TIs. They're yeah. just going to walk right in. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, yes. they don't charge TIs. Yeah. There's no leases. Yeah. There's none of that, you know, complicated stuff that actually real estate you have to do. Yeah. You just kind of waltz right in and, and just start working there, right? Yeah. And do whatever Four Seasons yeah. San Francisco shit you're doing. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, but and also the cost of, like, actually relocating all these. And yes. What are you going to have to do to all the existing yes. properties where they're going to vacate? Yeah. Yeah, you know. You know. And so, and so, uh, so anyway, but it's good yeah. political theater. And, you know, she publicly posted these letters that she sent. Well, it's to very the, logical. To and, and, and the common guy down on the street is like, oh, that makes sense. That's a great idea. London, go for it. And like, but the reality of it is, is it's like totally illogical. Yeah. Like it's not, it, the, the cost of doing all this is so like, it's not even like you, you need, you need so much money to pull out what she's talking about. Yeah. yeah. Cause the cost of, it's not like the cost of the real estate just went up in zero somebody still owns that debt there's still you know some value assigned to that yeah until you get to a point where there's no value assigned to that and then you get to a really interesting yeah well it's this oversimplification too okay let's just say you get all these people out and you move them to somewhere else yeah but then what the buildings that they vacated that you now want to create Apartments make, make, it's not that simple to create yeah, apartments yeah, it's not that easy. Like, you like, don't snap your finger. Yeah, it's, it's nice. I mean, this is like, you know, the Lego approach to city building. It's fantastic. You know, my, my three-year-old would be fantastic with it, too. Her and, Lego, her and London can play together, dude. It would be fantastic. So anyway, so the, it's a little epilogue on, on San Francisco, things happening in San Francisco. So I thought you'd find that interesting. I mean, I found it sad, mostly. <laughs> I was actually, on, on a flip side, like, somebody was like, I, I had a really good family friend of mine visit this weekend, and they live in the Bay Area. They live on the, you know, they live in the, the East Bay. So it's it's not San Francisco, and you're not feeling a lot of the things you feel when you're in the city. And, you know, we grew up together, so it was interesting, like, just talking about where the city was and how things have changed. Now, a lot of the East Bay and parts of the South Bay, like San Jose and these types of areas really haven't changed a whole lot. And in fact, they've probably actually gotten slightly better. Mm-hmm. But but partly is the, the black eye that San Francisco has cast in the whole area. Thanks, London. Um, you know, it just makes the whole thing, like, unappealing. Like, you know, it's, like, it's a place that normally I would probably visit, like, once or twice a year. And I have no, no like, I don't even know when I'm going to visit there this decade. Mm-hmm. Like, I have zero interest in going there unless I'm absolutely forced. And it used to be a place I would very easily go once during the football season for some game or something, and once during the, the spring or even summer because it's just nice. And that's gone. It's literally gone. Yeah, that's true. After my last San Francisco trip, I'm not really that excited about heading back to yeah. San Francisco. I might go to Berkeley if there was some student housing thing going on for us, but... I don't know if I would go to San Francisco, the city itself. You know, maybe the East Bay. I used to love going to San Francisco, yeah. and that is just totally removed from my like places to go list. Yeah. Um, very sad. Very sad. So uh, Moody's did another uh, yeah, uh, new report still around, out. Huh? Moody's still yeah. around. Um, you know, we all talk about commercial real estate 
carrying costs, especially interest rate, interest rates, so because of what's happening right with, with Powell. But uh, but the other thing that's happening, and their studies is look, the other costs ex- associated with operating real estate has gone up significantly. Overall, commercial real estate's expenses are up by more than a third between 2017 and 2022. Um, insurance is up 73% over the last five years. Um, utilities are 40% more expensive over the last five years. Property taxes are 27% more expensive. And other OPEX are about uh, 29% more expensive. Um, insurance costs alone, as we, we know, especially record highs in um, Florida, and, and, and Texas because of climate associated, you know, wildfires, floods, you know, rains, all that. Um, you know, a lot of insurance companies lost a lot of money on coverages. And so they, um, you know, some insurance companies have left the market and, so, you know, some are just, you know, uh, charging exorbitant rates. And we've seen that in some of our properties too. Insurance has been growing a lot. Yeah. Um, So it's not just um, you know Powell we have to worry about we have to the you know, the other side of the equation you have to yes. think about carefully in the in, the, in commercial real estate investment is the other carrying costs now not to help that uh, I guess Biden just announced as well as HUD an attack on junk fees what he calls the junk fees in in oh, rental on, property uh, lending rental yes yeah, so, well no no not lending on um, he's attacking rental application fees and. Uh, you, you know, uh, like in, in other sort of uh, trash collection and, and, and can other convenience fees. And he called one fee, which I never heard of, a January fee, which is a fee just because you're renting in January. I never heard of that. But, but if someone's charging that, I guess that's kind of what a junkie. What the hell is that? You know? I've never heard of that. And then, uh, you know, then there's some, some excess fees on top of, you know, the personal background and credit card, <laughs> you know, check, the credit checks. And so he, he you know, so HUD's doing he, He's attacking, trying to pass some legislature, and HUD is actually studying you know how to reduce what they call these these uh, rental junk fees and so um something us landlords will have to deal with again um, in the future if it keeps um if it gets some more momentum one of the things hud's investigating is maybe you just create one type of application fee that can cover multiple properties owned by a, 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 a same landlord so it'll just sort of limit what we can charge um I think that's a stretch. That's like, a stretch. I mean, this is like, this is, I don't, this is more theater. It doesn't sound like a political theater to me, yeah, but I was disturbed like, by, really, you're attacking the junk fees? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're attacking fees. You're calling them junk. I, I know, they're not junk. I mean, they're also like, that's like, you know, it's like how they did this mansion tax in L.A. You're just kind of labeling something to just get, like, wider political acceptance from people that don't truly understand what is happening. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, it is theater. So, it really so, is. so that was a little disturbing to see that Biden's on that. Um, back to office. We had to always know, back to office. Always baby. back to office. Always got a little so, room for office. Interest, interesting. My my old profession, law firms, um, they're one of the few places where they're implementing hybrid work more aggressively, um, and uh, you, you know, uh, pushing people to come back to the office uh, more so than other professions. Um, they're and they're returning at a at a higher rate than other business types. Um, today, now one in five uh, people in the in the law firm. Are, uh, uh, don't return, um, but the most are, are starting to return. And then the interesting thing is law firms are now shifting to looking for more like what uh, CBRE did or other uh, 
or uh, nimble companies that was looking for more universal office sharing and if we're trying to make it more efficiency like hotel officing where which i think makes total sense right? yeah like that's, that's a, a very natural that's a natural so, so right? law firms are probably thought that it but what's it and what's interesting is they're they're also relocating to newer buildings and so they are now a prime target of these developers and owners of new office buildings because they're actually also willing to sign 10-year leases or longer because they're being conservative lawyers they're willing to, to get but i feel like law firms have always done that yeah right like isn't that historically i mean you you were in that world for so long they always sign these ridiculous they always sign a lot of leases. leases yes yes but now but that was a way to leverage out the light lease yeah conferences. yeah because because the old model was you need more people more bodies you leverage yeah. so you can build more yeah you always so, looking ahead and and then the, I guess that's all. I guess they haven't stepped away from that because they, yeah. they're still a. And I think it's true that you're always going to need people to be in the office yeah. and law firm, and you need an address, and you need maybe you don't need legal libraries anymore, yeah, yeah. but you just need yeah, this yeah. like some it's level like of we saw, Just like we saw some legal books out on the street yeah. the other day. Yeah, yeah, you don't need those legal libraries. Firm and I remember, <laughs> you know, it's funny because I remember thirty years ago back in the law firm. Yeah, I remember that was part of the like the whole allure. Set, the lure. Like, like you go to a big law firm and you look at like oh here's our beautiful library yeah, yeah, and yeah. all these books and, and yeah, say, it was just, part of this whole infrastructure setup, right? Like you had to have all that stuff to you know not to really wow clients, but clients, but it was also just for just for your associates and you like you know. You need all this stuff to have yeah. a law firm. You can't just go hang a shingle somewhere yeah, and yeah, just hope just, it all works out. Yeah. So, so getting a little more efficient law firms finally. Um, but they're still signing long leases, which yeah. is still you know sort of interesting. Yeah. That they're still signing those huge leases even now in this day and age. They're still willing to do that. Yeah. Well, and like given the like I think office landlords are just just you know that's an ideal type of tenant. Yeah. Kind of totally. Culture. So, so they're government they're now, they're now very popular. Now. Yeah, government law um, firms are always going to be. Sim- similarly, uh, I guess F the FAA and the Department of Transportation, especially the FAA, is the department I would have thought already we would be doing that. They're pushing back now to really get teleworkers and people back into the office too. They want people to be in the office a minimum of three days. Yeah, three days <laughs> has become. I'm troubled that the FAA isn't in there five days managing yeah, 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 flights yeah, and no, stuff. That's but, true. It's a good point. I was just thinking <laughs> that. I was like, aren't those people there all the time? Like, but apparently they're not. And there's a lot of virtual workers too. <laughs> and so, well, like I don't, so, I don't so, know how that works. Exactly. So they're making a big push. For well, them. I, guess, I guess partly we're just picturing the guy monitoring the flights landing and making sure they're coming in the right way and all that stuff. And but there's probably some other administrative tasks that don't necessarily need. That's to be, true, like, but right but there. but there is. I did hear, which I don't know if that is. But yeah, you know, I saw this as an article, but then interesting enough, I heard an NPR story the, uh, just yesterday where there were some complaints. I think, oh, it was the airlines were compl- were compl- I guess there once again there were some delays, and and actually I experienced delays too on some flights. But the airlines were blaming now the government. They were saying that there's a shortage of uh, air traffic controllers. Oh yeah, 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 and and so we're not shortage hiring of pilots. pilots shortage, when, yeah. yeah, but 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 they're blaming no no, but they're blaming the government because. The delays are being caused by there's not enough controllers to manage all the flow of traffic, and so that's why they're backing up or they're getting delayed or they're being like you can't leave you got to get there later because that airport will be too congested, and so it's it's a, uh, you know so so you know the FAA I guess you know they need to get the more people more workers and they need to get them back at work more than three days hopefully. Yeah, I I think that's 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 reminiscent. This idea is. You will see in a number of industries, like a number which, of industries. Which I did. That which is there's just that there has been some sort of government interference or something that has caused a slowdown in professionals into a, some sort of industry. Mm-hmm. And as you go, like you're not gonna find. I mean, you can find it anywhere, 
I'm sure there's a shortage of plumbers somewhere. There's probably a shortage of, of, of like, you know, kitchen remodeling guys, yes, as yes, we've come to find out. Yes, yes, there is, actually. But there's also a shortage of, like, pilots, because it takes so many That's hours for, to become a pilot. Pilot, pilot, to certify, yes. And in a lot of ways, like, the work of a pilot today is actually quite a bit less in terms of actual work than, like, 20, 30, 40 years ago, because technology's made flying a plane a lot easier. Easier, yeah. Um, but so you the, still need the, the you still need the, the human the old requirement. <laughs> I mean, you need the whole human. Yes, you need the human for sure. That that guy needs to be there. But but even like that, like where the pilots used to say, "Well, I can make an extra blank, like a hundred grand, yeah. if I could work really hard, or I could just make like two hundred grand and I can work kind of like, you know, I can still kind of see my family and yeah. enjoy life a little more." And a lot of guys, I think, or both men and lady both kind of are moving towards that lesser is more sure, because... sure, sure. makes sense anyway uh w- any numbers what's your number any numbers well i think you start you you? i get a lot numbers of numbers right there i mean okay. I, I mean i think that the big number is is what we start off with with the with the barbon Oppenheimer weekend oh. <laughs> and, which is which is actually you i mean i thought it was funny how you said it was like a shot in the arm i mean uh, those arms look pretty worn out to me. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. I don't even think you take a shot. But but what what's interesting about it is that a lot of hype, been hyped all year, and you know not Oppenheimer as much, yeah. but definitely Barbie was yeah. hyped all year and outfits and all this stuff. And people middle of the summer where there's no other like literally yeah. sports star. There's no other events. I mean the other big event is the Women's World Cup and Messi shot you know hit a goal in his first game. And so that's really it. And that, other, unless you're a baseball fan, and so you know, there's one of you. And so the, the rest of the world is really nothing to do. Yeah. You know, if you're not traveling, or you know, or you're not. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a smart marketing ploy, and and, and I guess is it smart or is well, it just I mean, logical? No, no. I mean, it's it, well, it was smart of Mattel to. You know, even come up. To be honest, like when I, I have no interest in seeing a movie about Barbie, but I, I, I'm not. I can't even imagine what the movie's about. You really understand what the you know? I guess maybe it's a comedy. It's kind of campy, but you know, like I get it. Star Wars, Marvel comic, whatever mm-hmm. you know, thing is got this sort of IP that keeps kind of repeating and stuff, and and they the build out special effects and all that kind of stuff, or even like a Mission Impossible kind of or Fast and the Furious kind of series you get people out there's there's stunts and action whatever but i would never have thought like a toy like barbie was going to generate like all this hype and but i but it makes sense i guess especially on the women's side there's you know a lot of outfits and pink this and that and dresses and things they could do and, and stuff that, that made it very fun and, and which and yeah. you know mattel and them took 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 advantage of it so kudos yeah. to, kudos to I them mean, yeah i think that's that's a pretty adequate description yeah. of where my, my my last number was I thought this was a little interesting. Was, I guess Blackstone became, uh, I saw an article, the first alternative asset manager to hit over one trillion in assets on the management. And I thought oh, yeah. BlackRock was already there. No, but I don't it's know Blackstone. why. I guess there's a difference I, I actually, between that's funny. I, the I, characterization. I, I knew Blackstone was. I didn't know they were that much though. <laughs> no, 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 no. But Blackstone apparently has now. Hit, so, like BlackRock, I always thought it was over a trillion because they manage all these treasuries and do this other stuff. But maybe because they're fund of funds. Yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe that's the way because they're fund yeah. Maybe yeah. that's the definition. But in different. true definition of actual under okay. management, yeah. So, so they're one trillion, and it, it's interesting when you look at the breakdown. Most of it is in our industry, in real estate. Yeah, it's three hundred and thirty-three point two. Well, the B reads so big. In real right, estate. the B puts out a billion bucks a month or something like that i don't know what and then they buy, but. the others are 290 in private equity yeah 
290 in credit and insurance. I don't know what they do in insurance. And then hedge fund solutions, whatever that is, is 78 billion. And then they have, this is an interesting, they didn't really define it in the article, so I wasn't sure what they meant. But they also have 194 billion in dry powder, which I guess is cash or is, or maybe they or just got a distress fund no they just called it dry powder when they were breaking out and so, and so maybe or maybe that's oftentimes with some of these asset managers you'll have like a big pension who will say separately like i'll give you money if you you know i'll invest with you x dollars just yeah, as yeah, a yeah, side yeah. loan like a separate account like a separate account so maybe that's what they but, mean but by what's, dry powder what's interesting about black it's a lot of money though trillions <laughs> of, of how they've surpassed it yeah. They surpassed the big one, which is Goldman. Yeah. And Goldman, their majority is just equities. Like, it's, it's mostly, like, equities, and, and it's, it's not a lot of real estate. I don't even know how yeah. much real estate is on their book. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't think it's much. I, I mean, I'm sure it's in the billions, but it's not much. It's no $290 billion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that, so Blackstone, in a lot of ways, has done this sort of, like, the slow and steady growing a portfolio growing a portfolio over many years yeah, yeah. to surpass Goldman pretty yeah. interesting yeah and it's, yeah and they and they continue to grow and then it's interesting because Apollo which is another famous private equity similar type of firm you know they're trying to get to the one trillion mark and they yeah. said that they uh, they kind of made fun of them a little bit they already said that they're at the 500 billion so they're woefully <laughs> short of the goal <laughs> I was like that's kind of oh, not nice there. but that's a lot of money still that's a lot of money <laughs> so Buy a lot of office with that. So buy San Francisco with that, probably. Yes, there you go. There you go. Most of downtown San Francisco. Yeah, actually, not a bad bet from. Yeah, that's one way to get to a billion. Yes. <laughs> Just buy there San Francisco. There you go. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's let's brings us to the end. Any content for you, my friend? Uh, no, other than Lincoln Lawyer. Lincoln so Lawyer, huh? Mickey Holler, baby. Yes, yes. Mickey Holler. Mickey Holler. Yes, yes. Yeah. What about yourself? Mickey Holler. Uh, well, I'm uh, I'm reading. A book oh, by yeah. uh, by good old your your man John Grisham has the Rooster. Okay, it's a book about some law students and how they went to like a, a terrible, <laughs> a terrible like law school and now they have all this debt. Okay, and uh, it's this like one of their classmates like suddenly passes away and they're like trying to figure out what's happening and it's uh, something to do with uh, the very shady law school there. <laughs> okay, but it's so you're reading. You're actually, actually book, reading a book. book yes, not, yes. Not I mean, I'm not how, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I just have the book for some reason. I just wanted to start reading. So I'm reading that, and then um, I'm still watching the Righteous Gemstones. Uh, another episode came out yesterday. I need to catch up to that, and um, I'm looking forward to the next uh, edition of Lincoln Lawyer because I finished that. Oh, the second. Okay. Oh, second you're, you're ready for season two. Of, of, well, it's season two, but the second half of the season. So they oh, they released did, oh, the first did, season. Oh, I see. I didn't get up. Yeah, they released okay. the first season, and oh, then they okay. leave you. Oh, they leave you. Yeah. And then they start a next got season it. next month. Oh, okay. the, the second half of the same got season. It, it, so, uh, any upgrades? Uh, no upgrades. I was just busy with my. Uh, uh, well, it's not really an upgrade. I did. I, I think I might have told you. I did. I did actually play poker in Vegas with with. The World Series, the 2006 World Series of Poker Champion. Oh, nice, very nice. <laughs> at the time, I met it. Who happened to be at my table, and I met, oh, and I actually beat him in a hand, great. and I beat him in a hand. So, I could, uh, in the, in in uh, it, when I say beat him, I mean he went all in, and I took all his chips. And so, and so yeah. it was a, it was an upgrade in the sense of like, oh, I beat a professional high level player. That is actually that's, that's, that's a pretty <laughs> so good that's marker. My, so that's like, my that's, little that's, upgrade. That's a good marker. That's interesting. Um, very cool. I uh, 
I have two upgrades. One is we had the famous Le'Veon cookies earlier this month from New York. It's the uh, the the what's considered to be the greatest cookie on the in the world. It started in oh, really? New York in some bakery and had like hours long lines and then finally opened here in Los Angeles. So somebody brought those over and they are as where, advertised. Where, where is it in Los Angeles? Largemont Village. Okay. They are very delicious. I don't know what kind of calories you're being consuming there, but they're very tasty. And then. Um, you know, living out in the uh, in the land of milk and honey, uh, La Cunada, my children uh, did their first lemonade stand. And uh, <laughs> really, a little entrepreneurs. They set, they set up a little... Say, they right set up a lemonade stand. They, uh, were, they started by first just selling... Well, it was actually a neighbor's daughter who's trying to raise money. So she set it up, started selling regular classic lemonade, then, then branched into strawberry lemonade. Okay. Then they found brownie bites, started selling those. With and, the lemonade. With the lemonade. Yeah, just to add to that sugary pop there. Okay, and, so they're expanding uh, inventory. Yeah, yeah. It was by, but, but by the end of yesterday, like, there was, like, all the adults were hanging out. And, like, it was, like, a little party on our lawn. Oh, like, that's nice. And people were just rolling by. And, like, you know, whether they paid for the lemonade or not, they were getting out <laughs> lemonade. It was great, man. The kids oh, loved it. They were really pulling down cars. It was awesome, man. It was, it was a good time. Good time shared by all. Um, so that was those are two good upgrades. Uh, tasty cookies and... I don't know how good that oh, lemonade was. It seemed really sweet to me, but uh, people were buying it, I guess. There you go. I guess for a buck, you, you, you got to... Did the kids help make the lemonade, too? Or, I think or they just bought the lemonade. Oh, okay. I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't think they, they went bought, to they just, they just bought the lemonade from the grocery store. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> took it out of the package and put it in the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You put know. it in the, in the pitcher. Okay. Well, yeah, they didn't... Yeah, good at, job. Least the, at least the AI didn't make the lemonade. Yes. There, there you go. go. Um, all right, folks. Well, that does it for us. A short little episode. Keep you on track with what we see going on out there. Thank you, everyone. Uh, please do reach out to us if you have any questions. It's uh, We're getting into the fire here. Yes, Things yes. are starting to move around a little bit. All right, folks. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Take care.